Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Focus on your lead generation and never expect that you can get someone else to do the lead generation to a higher level than you are either capable of or willing to do yourself. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, are you looking for some financing, maybe some more money to do your fix and flip projects? Are you looking to grow your fix and flip business? Well, guess what? Got a solution for you. It's Fun That Flip. You know Fun That Flip. Matt Rodak, the founder of Fun That Flip, has been on the show multiple times. He's a friend of mine, and they love working with the best ever listeners. They provide short-term fix and flip loans to experienced investors. They've got an online platform, makes the entire process super easy, and you can get funded in as few as seven days that quick. So if you're looking for a reliable funding partner, Go to fundthatflip.com. That's F-U-N-D-T-H-A-T-F-L-I-P.com. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff. With us today, Dale Archdeacon. How are you doing, Dale? I'm doing fantastic, Joe. Thanks for having me. Well, nice to have you on the show, my friend. And a little bit about Dale. He is the founder of Smart Inside Sales, which is a coaching and training company serving residential real estate agents and brokers. He is currently a director of lead generation for the top 10 mega firm global living companies with Keller Williams. And both Dale and his wife have close to 10 years of experience selling and investing in residential real estate based in Philly, Pennsylvania. With that being said, Dale, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Yeah, I think you pretty much summed it up there. With the Smart Inside Sales, what we do is we focus on helping real estate agents and teams either add an inside sales division to their company or to their team, or help them optimize the inside sales agents that they have in their team. And inside sales is really a bit of a new thing. Only in the past couple of years have real estate agents and teams been focused on that kind of hyper-focused lead generation and conversion. And so I built one. I've made a lot of mistakes along the way with that, perfected them, and now I help other people do the same thing. This is a stupid question I'm going to ask anyway. What's the inside sales team? Is that just people who are actually in the office and not on the road? Basically, it's a salesperson who does the hard upfront work of either receiving inbound inquiries like sign calls on listings or registrations on websites, Zillow leads, Trulia leads, or they're doing outbound prospecting phone calls, making cold calls, 
calling expireds and withdrawns or for sale by owners in order to set up listing appointments. And then they pass those appointments over to the actual outside agent who's going to go and take that listing or who's going to start showing homes to that buyer and close the business. Okay. So these people are on the front lines. They have some thick skin and they know how to navigate some tricky conversations. Where should we begin? How do we create inside sales team that's top notch? Wow. So really what we do is we start with a recruiting process. And what we want to do, it's definitely its own lead generation. So what you want to do is you want to get as many inquiries as you can coming in, and then you want to streamline your process. So I prefer to have people call into a phone number and leave a voicemail about themselves. And I'll just have an outgoing message that says something like, okay, so give me your name and your best phone number to reach you at. And then in your own words, tell me why you are the best fit for our inside sales department and why you are a sales rock star. That's it. Now they have to do a little verbal audition. And we just listen to those recordings. So I'm not wasting any time looking at resumes, reading resumes, finding out about your porcelain cat collection, only to find out that you don't actually sound good over the phone. Yep, I like that. Makes sense. And efficient. Yeah, definitely. That's what it's all about because you have to kiss a lot of frogs in order to find a really good inside salesperson. Because let's face it, really not many people like making phone calls all day or being told no all day. Mm -hmm. So you start with the recruitment process. You get as many leads as possible. How do you get those leads? Just running different ads, using Indeed, using ZipRecruiter, using anything that you have, pushing the ads out there, just like any other job ad. And what you're looking for is you're looking for people with sales experience, not necessarily real estate experience. That's one secret that I've figured out. A lot of teams get hung up on trying to find somebody who's already licensed. And in some states, there's some very heavy requirements around actually getting a license. So what we do is we look for people that just have sales experience because okay. we can teach them about the real estate process. They don't have to know that, but it's hard to teach sales skill. So we are getting leads coming in for our team members and we're listening to those voicemails. We are able to screen some out and then what do we do after that? Then the people who make it through that, we set up a role play with them. So we actually get on the phone, answer a couple of questions about the job. How much is the pay? Where's the location? What are you going to be doing all day? You're going to be on the phone for six hours plus every single day. How does that sound to you? Yeah, that's good. I'm ready to go. Okay, great. Here, I've sent you a for sale by owner script. You're going to be the agent and I'm going to be the for sale by owner. You have to set an appointment with me. And the only way that you fail this exercise is if you let me off the phone before you ask all the questions on that script. Ready to go? And just doing that script tells us a lot about this person. If I give you explicit instructions that if you let me off the phone, you fail, and you let me off the phone because you didn't want to be too rough on me, you fail. So yeah. if you can't do it when I specifically tell you not to get off the phone, <laughs> you damn sure aren't going to do it once I give you the job and I'm not listening all the time. What do you do in that conversation and the role play to attempt to shake them up a little bit and have them quit on you before you actually get off the phone? Their script, it's a pretty common FISBO script in the real estate world. I think it's actually from Mike Ferry, which everybody knows who Mike Ferry is. So my script, I've already baked in objections. So one that does trip up a lot of people is, hey, man, listen, I got to go. My kids are playing in the yard. Like, I just don't have time for this. 
that really shakes. That's that legit. Shakes. That's yeah, pretty legit. What do it you do? Is. What do you do? You have 10 more questions. How do you do that? You stay on the phone with me. I don't care. You got to be rude. You have to put aside your natural human inclination to say, oh my God, that's too much. I can't keep going. And you have to keep going because I told you to keep going. And if you can do that, then you can come in and interview for the job. But what's the specific response? Hey, I got to go. My, my, my kids just got electrocuted by putting their finger in an electric socket. Oh my God, Joe, that's crazy. You better get them to the hospital. Real quick though, <laughs> are you interested in selling that property or not if I come and see you? That's the response, man. Get your most important question in. Joe, are you definitely selling that house? Yes or no before you go? Because if it's a no, I don't want to waste my time following up with you anyway. I'm sorry, I can't answer right now. My kid's turning purple. Okay, you better go. I do care about your child. Oh, okay. All right. So there <laughs> there is a threshold. There is a threshold. Got it. All right. I like the tenacity. That's for sure. I would hate to be – well, yeah, so my natural thought is I'd hate to be on the receiving end of that because that would make me pissed off about the person calling me. What are your thoughts on that? Here's my thoughts, and this is for the best ever listeners out there. The reality is if your kid just got electrocuted, I'm going to hear the phone hitting the floor. You're not going to say to me, I got to get off the phone, <laughs> right, right? All right. That's not really going to happen. So usually what happens most of the time when somebody's like, listen, I got to get off the phone, really that is they can answer one or two more questions. And so what we do is if they have a legit reason, like I'm about to walk into a business meeting, my cab is here, whatever, you just get your most important question answered. And as long as we get the most important question answered, it leads us to whether or not to follow up with you again. And believe it or not, we don't go so far as to be rude and and try to close them on a sale in that situation. But we do want to understand, does it make sense to invest our time dialing your number again later on? Okay. You do the script. You make sure that they don't hang up prior to getting all the questions asked. Then what? Then if they make it through that, we invite them into a three-hour calling session in the office. And keep in mind, Joe, most of these people have zero real estate sales experience. So going through that script with them where they have to pretend that they're an agent also tells us what the level of sales skill is that they have. Because somebody with more sales skills can basically bull you through anything that they haven't sold before. They will stay on the phone with you and they will still set an appointment with you even if they are selling 3D laser printers and they have no idea what that is. Mm -hmm. So we invite them in for that calling session. For the first hour or so, we teach them script. And for the next two hours, we put them onto a recorded line and have them make real outbound calls to real consumers. And then we get to listen to that and see how they actually did. Are you legally allowed to record calls with owners? The federal law says that one party to the call has to give consent. Now, different state laws have different rules. So in my state of Pennsylvania, it's a two-party consent rule, which means that we have to tell them, hi, this is so-and-so with Keller Williams. This call may be recorded for training purposes. How are you? So you have to make that announcement. So what I would say to all the listeners is just know what your state laws are in order to do that. All right. So now once we go through that process with them where you teach them the script and they're on a recorded line for an hour doing outbound calls, what next? We review it. And from there, you will know who should be offered a position and who should not. 
And through that process, because it's one thing I've had coaching clients where they're like, oh, well, I sat next to them and I heard them on the phone. I didn't really hear what was on the other side, but they sounded really good on this side. And then I've given them recordings to listen to of where it seems like the agent sounds good. But once you listen to what the other side of the call is going on, you're just like, what is wrong with you? You're not tracking with this person at all. You're not hearing them. So that's critical. So you'll know once you listen to those. And then at that point, we offer people the position. And what is the compensation amount typically? The most common compensation for a full-time in-house ISA would be around 2000 to 2500 a month base pay, plus compensation for various factors. The most simple one is a percentage of the commission on a closing at the end of the sale. But there's all different sorts of arrangements. I've seen hourly, I've seen strictly commission-based, but most of the time, if you're going to have a dedicated person who is sitting there receiving calls and making calls like a machine and is expected to follow a schedule, generally that's going to have a base compensation to it. Okay. And what's the percentage of commission for closing a sale usually? The average is between 5 and 10% of the gross commission income. Okay. Now, taking a step back, looking at the little bit larger picture of the compensation what would you say annually is this person making? It depends on the market because obviously some mm-hmm. markets are going to be far higher, like in California, yeah. several areas in California, and then some areas are going to be much lower. So my market, for instance, the annual earnings is one of the phrases that we use, would be somewhere between 60000 and 100000 between their base pay and their commission. Got it. And you're in Philly. Yeah, we're in Philly. So I would say we're sort of middle to high. Yeah. Right? Okay. Now with this process, we have now gotten the right team members in place, but I imagine that's when the real work begins, right? So what do you do after that? So then the training begins and we're basically training these ISAs to be an agent, not to act like oh, hi, I'm a customer concierge, or hey, I'm just giving you a call, but the real specialist is going to take this call farther. So we want to train that ISA to be that agent and really handle that call, convert that lead into either a nurture for future business or into an appointment for immediate business. So we're training them on everything that you would train a regular agent on. How does the process work? How does financing work? Mindset, time blocking, understanding the types of leads that they're calling and receiving, what the mindset is of those leads that they're calling and receiving, and then scripting. And a lot of people put way too much emphasis on scripts. They think that there's some magic script out there. But really, it just comes down to teaching people how to have conversations with another human being and to understand how to move them to the outcome that they are looking for and that you match yourself up with. So how do we come to an outcome where you and I are walking down the path, smiling arm in arm? That's Mm -hmm. what we're trying to teach them. How do you do that without being overly focused on scripts? We use scripts for the baseline. Scripts are to get you started. Use the script so that you have something to say when you call somebody. But then if they understand the mindset of this lead and they understand some core principles that I teach, such as experience, process, and outcome. So for any person who's trying to do anything or who's objecting to you, 
it's an objection, that person has some type of experience that they're drawing from. They've created a process in their mind that they think is going to get them to an outcome that they're trying to achieve. So that objection is just a result of the experience process and outcome. Mm -hmm. And if you can ask enough questions to understand what their experience is, how they put that process together and what the outcome is and what it means to them, you can show them a different process that can get them to a more, better, faster, cheaper, or easier outcome. And then you can say, would you like that? And they say, yes, I would. That'd be great. So you're basically learning those three components and then you're restating it to them to make sure that it's accurate. And then you agree upon what the outcome that they want is. And then you say, hey, would you like it a better, faster way? And then they agree to it. And then you build from there. Yes. I'll give you a very simple example. You call a for sale by owner. The for sale by owner says, oh, my neighbor sold their home by themselves. They didn't use an agent. They saved a lot of money. I'm going to sell my house myself without an agent and I'm going to save a lot of money. Yeah, typical. There's the whole thing, right? So then I come in, I understand what your experience is. I understand what your process is. And I understand a little bit about what the outcome is that you want. You want to sell your house and you want to save money. So to make it very simple, I just simply say, hey, you're absolutely right. You totally could sell this home yourself. And that's great that your neighbor did that too. If I could show you how I could not only net you more money than it costs you to hire me and make this easier for you to do, would you consider meeting with me to discuss potentially listing your home with me? Yes, absolutely. Why wouldn't yeah. you? As long as you've built rapport, I don't think that you're being disingenuous. Yes, absolutely. And that brings me to another point, which is what I hear a lot is people closing too quickly before they've built that rapport. Mm. How do you know when you built the right rapport? What I'd like to tell people when I'm coaching them is your close should be the logical conclusion to the conversation you just had with that person. Ah, uh, okay. So if the conversation is, my neighbor did it, I'm going to do it myself, I'm going to save money, I'm going to sell my house, and I say, oh, well, no, I think you should meet with me. Can we get together to talk about that? That is not the logical conclusion to what you and I just talked about. Yep. Let's just take a step back, and we can be talking about any type of sales. That philosophy, your close should be the logical conclusion to the conversation you just had with the person. That can be applied to everything, any type of sales. Yeah, it's just communication between people. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter what the sale is, what you're buying, because it's not about buying or selling. It's about you achieving an outcome. Mm -hmm. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. What else, as it relates to building a top-notch inside sales team, do you want to mention that we haven't talked about? Hmm. This is the elephant in the room that doesn't often get mentioned, but I'm going to mention it because I run across it so often in my business. And that is when you have a real estate team who has leads coming in, the team leader's investing in them, but the team leader doesn't have a lot of time to hold their agents accountable to actually making results for those leads. And the agents say, oh, we're too busy to call these leads and they kind of suck anyway. So we need an ISA to come in here and do that for us. So then you, the team leader, invest money in this ISA and you make sure they're trained well and they are an assassin speaking to these people and setting appointments and nurturing leads. And then they give those appointments to the same agents who were too, quote unquote, busy 
to work the leads and follow up with people, that is where the wheels come off the wagon. Those agents are just still going to cherry pick the appointments. They're still going to just kind of crap on the leads that you're giving them, the brushed up leads or the appointments. So that is where I see a lot of problem happen. And oftentimes I'm helping a team leader or agent brush up their sales force. How do you do that? So of course I have to work through my client. I have to work through the team leader or the agent. Um, I help them understand that as a team leader, they have specific business goals that they want to achieve and they want to do it with a certain methodology, which would be lead generation and lead follow-up. And they have agents who refuse to do it even after that team leader starts investing their time and holding them accountable and inspecting what they expect. If they still have those agents on their team, they have to get out of business with them and they have to fill their bench with agents, salespeople, who will help to carry out that vision. That's how you do it. Based on your experience on the topic we're talking about now, what is your best advice ever for real estate professionals? Best advice ever would be to focus on your lead generation and never expect that you can get someone else to do the lead generation to a higher level than you are either capable of or willing to do yourself. And will you give an example of that? Yes. If you are a team leader of a team and you do strictly sphere of influence business, right? Just people that you know, warm referrals. Hey, come over and list my Aunt Millie's house. If that's what you do, do not try and tell all your agents that they have to cold prospect for three hours a day. Mm -hmm. And expect that that's going to happen to any great success unless you are in there doing it too. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Yes. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. You want to get better at negotiating real estate? Well, how about, do you want to get better at negotiating real estate for free? Even better, right? Well, go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Fund That Flip, today's sponsor, has partnered with best-selling author Jay Scott to provide you with a free chapter from Jay's new book on negotiating real estate. I've read the book. Lots of good real-world case studies sprinkled in there too. I love it when they do that. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever to download your free copy of the chapter today. The Target Market Insights podcast is just that, a show solely dedicated to help you learn about target markets through the people successfully shaping them. The show features professionals who work directly with the audience and market you want to connect with in real estate. Listen and subscribe today at targetmarketinsights.com. That's targetmarketinsights.com. Best ever book you've read. How to win friends and influence people. I'm a driver and it's made me a much nicer person. (laughs) (laughs) Are you also a real estate investor? Yes. Best ever deal you've done. I made a little over 15K on an assignment deal that only took me a couple hours work. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction? Let's do a mistake on a real estate transaction. Yeah. So the first property I bought was a triplex in a questionable neighborhood. It was massive and had a bunch of deferred maintenance. I didn't know what I was doing. I was smart enough to go and ask a friend of mine who had about 20 years of experience in construction, but I didn't like his answer when he said, don't buy that building. It's a money pit because I was so hot because I really wanted to get my first deal. 
That was a huge mistake, and it cost me a bunch of money. How much you lose? I basically broke even, but basically I was there on a Friday night snaking a 100-year-old sewer line because I didn't have money to pay a plumber. I was also there with a Sawzall cutting out an old oil tank. I didn't realize these things could ignite because I couldn't afford to get it removed. I put the sweat equity into that lesson. Fortunately, I didn't lose money. What's the best ever way you like to give back? I like to mentor agents and investors and help them because if I can help them with my experience and let them avoid some of the pitfalls or tears, then that would be great. And how can the best ever listeners get in touch with you? They can just reach me at dale at smartinsidesales.com. Or they can find me on Facebook. I have a Facebook page and Facebook group. And then also your website is smartinsidesales.com. All right, and that will be in the show notes page. Thank you for talking through how to build a top-notch inside sales team. And you got into the granular details of it. Talk through how to first recruit them, then how to compensate them, and then how to train them. I'm sure we didn't cover it all, but we covered a lot of it. And it was incredibly valuable because the best ever listeners who don't have a brokerage, it's still relevant. I don't have a brokerage, but it's still relevant to me if we want to bring on an inside sales staff member for whatever we're doing. Maybe it's podcast sponsorships or maybe it's something else. Maybe it's getting my conference sold out in February in Denver. So there's all sorts of things. And for anyone who's in the business of selling anything, this is a relevant conversation. So thanks for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. The Target Market Insights podcast is just that, a show solely dedicated to help you learn about target markets through the people successfully shaping them. The show features professionals who work directly with the audience and market you want to connect with in real estate. Listen and subscribe today at targetmarketinsights.com. That's targetmarketinsights.com.